We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select... Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by The Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. Welcome, Bears fans, to Picks for Polls, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. My name is Andrew Freeman, and of course, I'm happy to be joined by my co-host, Yusei Koshal. We are recording this episode on December 15th, the Thursday here, as the Bears are coming off their bye week, uh, looking forward to a matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we have a lot on the plate today, but before we get started, Yusei, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Obviously, I think it's, you know, we took last week off, just both of us had a lot going on. But, um, you know, I'm excited to kind of get back into the grind. Got about four games left of the Bears season here. And then it's on to the off season, which ironically enough, like I feel like we've been planning for it for a couple weeks now. Yeah, only four games left. It's it's kind of crazy how fast the season has gone by. And, you know, it's it's weird with this podcast. It almost feels like we're busier during the off season than we are during the actual uh, season. So um, kind of a wild discrepancy there in terms of uh, what we got going on. So we have a lot on, on our plate today, though. Obviously. Not going to be getting into too much offseason talk as of yet, but uh, the Bears have some injuries, um, injury news to update you guys on, so we'll be getting into that. Um, we'll be discussing some younger players that may get some more playing time as the season goes down, and then um, getting into some offseason discussion, going over some needs for the Bears, looking forward to uh, free agency and the draft as well. So uh, a lot on our plate today. Before we get started, though, I did want to make a couple quick remarks on some college football news that happened. Obviously, we are a Bears podcast here and a draft podcast, so by extension, we are to some degree a college football podcast as well. And uh, we had a big loss today in the college – or not today, but this, earlier this week in the college football community as uh, Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach uh, unfortunately passed away due to a heart attack or, um, a few days ago. Uh, Mike Leach, one of the biggest innovators uh, in college football history, um, his innovative air raid offense. You can still see the influences today. Really one of the most important figures, I think, for offensive football and college football over the last 20 years or so. And 
Uh, college football also lost a just a great personality as well. Mike Leach, one of the truly unique characters in the sport. And um, just wanted to acknowledge that real quick before we got started, because it is a huge loss for college football. And certainly it's something where uh, the game is not going to be the same without Mike Leach. So I just wanted to get that, mention that real quick, because um, he certainly made college football a lot more entertaining. And really, in many ways, you know, he personified all the great aspects of college football. So college football uh, is going to greatly miss Mike Leach. And obviously us here at the Bearport podcast, sending our condolences out to Mike Leach's friends and family and all those who were touched by him and um, everything that he offered both from football and off the field as well. Yeah, you're right. It kind of was a bit of a shock, right? Certainly everyone should be saddened by the loss because every time you heard Coach Leach speak, you could tell he was someone who was speaking from the heart. And what's interesting, I think, is there were a number of people who kind of came out with stories all over social media just detailing not only the football player, I'm sorry, the football player, the football coach that Mike Leach was, but just who he was as a genuine individual. And when we look at that, right, in a lot of ways, you could say Mike Leach was without a doubt the embodiment of what it meant to play football, what it meant to coach football, because his ability, I think, to not only be a coach, but then also get relationships and build those relationships with those players, whether it was at Texas Tech or Washington State with Mississippi State as well. I mean, they were second to none. I don't think there's anybody better in the business that had an impact on their players the way that Mike Leach did wherever he went and coached. Yeah, one of those interesting stories that I saw um, just real quick here was uh, there's a story, there's one I, I saw on, uh, circulating on Twitter a little bit where um, it was mentioned that, you know, a player one time back in the day, I forget whether where Mike Leach was coaching at the time, but basically came to his office. Mike Leach basically told him that, you know, you're not going to be playing here. So you have an option of staying with the program as, you know, a graduate assistant or, um, you know, as, an, as basically a graduate assistant, uh, essentially. And this player was, you know, so just out of, out of sorts with, you know, the fact that he was told that he's not going to be a player. Obviously came back and decided to go that route. That player and coach ended up being Lincoln Riley, who's one of the best offensive minds in football today, who runs, you know, Mike Leach's air raid offense um, to a certain sense, really expanded on it. So it's just kind of wild to see uh, the connections there and who he's influenced over the years. And like you said, it like all the interesting stories of just his personality. Um, you go to all this, this, those hilarious video clips of him um, where he, he'd ha- make a conversation in the middle of a game on, you know, something as silly as like Halloween candy or mascots, um, college football mascots who'd win in a fight, basically like uh, just truly a one of a kind person, a one of a kind coach. And um, like I said before, our condolences go out to, um, everyone who's touched by him and everyone who's been affected by this, because obviously we've lost one of the unique ones here with Mike Leach. So let's move on, um, going on to our main topics for today. And we'll start off by going over some injury news for the bears. Obviously, um, you know, the bears are dealing with a lot of injuries right now. It's getting to that time of the year, late in the season where 
Um, it's, you know, health is certainly becoming a factor for this team. You know, it felt like the Bears were able to avoid the injury bug early in the season, but certainly as of late, the injuries have started to stack on. Um, and there is some good news and bad news to this as, you know, we'll go over some of the good news. The Bears are expected to get some players back. Um, this week and going into, you know, the end of the season, obviously the big names are going to be Kyler Gordon and uh, Jaquan Brisker uh, are expected to be back from their concussion uh, this week following the bye week. So that's a big boost to this uh, defense. And it's been speculated that Khalil Herbert uh, should be getting back at some point as well. So when looking at some of the injury news here, you said, um, you know, how do you think those getting those healthy player, getting those players back healthy uh, is going to impact this team as the season comes to uh, a close here soon? Well, it's certainly a glimpse at the present and the future, right? And I say that simply because you have a player in Khalil Herbert who, let's just call it how it is, has made the Bears running game more dynamic, especially this year with the Bears leading the NFL in average yards rushing per game. And then on the other side of the ball, you've got Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, who, again, Brisker has been the best rookie on the Bears this year. There's a serious argument to be made that Jaquan is, without a doubt, a top 10 player on what is a very depleted Bears roster this year. So just getting both of those guys back really boosts your secondary simply because Eddie Jackson's done for the year. The only reliable defensive back the Bears even have right now is 30-year pro Jalen Johnson. You look at the teams that the Bears are set to play over the final four weeks of the season. And you've got home matchups against Philadelphia and Buffalo, two teams who will probably be playing in Arizona come February. And then you've got the Lions and Vikings. So you've got four very high-flying offenses. And really for the Bears, getting those three guys back is just all about you know, figuring out a way to make production on both offense and defense more efficient. Because – when we look ahead to 2023, there's no doubt that all three of these guys are going to be starters in some capacity. Now, for Gordon, his situation is kind of more complicated because the Bears keep playing him in the slot, but maybe it's time to move him outside to the boundary to see what he can do, simply because Kendall Vildor has been polarizing once again this year. And then on top of it, you look at Brisker. He's a guy that's solidified himself in terms of the athleticism, the toughness, the versatility that he plays with he's also able to go ahead and you know the Bears love playing cover two they can also line Brisker up in the box bring him off the edge for a safety blitz a lot of stuff there that really makes him the complete package and then finally you've got Khalil Herbert right a guy who may not be the fastest or the shiftiest guy on the field but when he gets in open space you certainly see that he's a bit like a bowling ball right in the sense that he picks up speed when he gets in space he's got a bit of a burst to him pretty good when it comes to gaining additional yards after the contact so some much needed reinforcements on the way for Chicago yeah, I definitely say that Gordon and Brisker is going to be huge for this uh, defense going into next week. Now, I'm not sure if it's going to make as much of an impact because the Eagles are rolling right now and they're going to be going up against the Bills the next week. So, I mean, those are two offenses that have been tough to, spot, to stop. And if you look at the Bears defense, they haven't been stopping anybody over the last month or so. So, I mean, definitely the reinforcements are going to be needed there. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Khalil Herbert um, because, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, you want to see Herbert back in there and playing because he does add an explosiveness to this offense that they just don't have when he's not out there. Like the running game is definitely not the same without Herbert because, 
Uh, David Montgomery doesn't have the explosiveness that Herbert has. And certainly Tristan Ebner, Darrington Evans, they don't have the type of burst either that uh, Herbert brings to the table. It's just not as dynamic, I don't think. And, and certainly Justin Fields makes up for a lot of that with his own explosiveness. But it's not the same when you don't have a guy like Herbert there who Justin Fields can hand the ball off to on some of those RPOs and uh, read option plays and quarterback read stuff. Um, to not have that explosiveness element there is, is certainly it hurts. But on the other hand, you also don't want them to rush Herbert back because I think he's going to be the primary back going into next year because I, I don't see it that Dave Montgomery has a role with this team moving forward into the future and future uh, seasons. So it's just one of those things where you want him to stay healthy and, you know, that injury he has is no joke either. So you just want to make sure that he's a hundred percent good to go. Um, but I mean, there are some other injury news to talk about as well, but before we do that, uh, it's time to talk about our sponsor for today's podcast. And that is Manscaped. So support for the bear Report here is brought to you by Manscaped which is the best men's below-the-waist grooming products. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Uh, Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. And that offer is the performance package 4.0, which has arrived, and it's a game-changer, fellas. Inside this package, you'll find the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, we have the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming, and dare I say it, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth gener- generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is a waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight, so you can have a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. And if you thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game to even a further level, the Performance Package 4.0 also includes uh, the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose hole areas. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine as well. Trust me, guys, when I say this, your balls will be thankful for it. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxer Briefs and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself to go to manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping with the code BEARREPORT. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BEARREPORT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BEARREPORT. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, moving on to some other injury news. Uh, There are some Bears players on on the injury report here that looks like are going to be missing some time. Like, obviously – uh, we talked about it in the past, how Darnell Mooney, Eddie Jackson, looks like their season is over. But another injury popped up on the injury report over the last week or so coming off the bye week here, and that is the health status of Chase Claypool, who suffered a knee injury in their latest game against the Packers. And it looks like that's something that might keep him out. He was a, uh, he was a DMP for the first two days of practices this week, um, looking like his status is trending towards not playing in this upcoming game against the Eagles. And that's going to be a huge loss for this Bears offense because, you know, with Darnell Mooney already down for the year and Herbert obviously uh, still working his way back from injury, the the weapons for this Bears passing game is is starting to 
diminish a little bit. And that's certainly not going to be helpful for Justin Fields as he tries to finish the year strong with a good final quarter of the season. You're right. And one thing to understand is that we have to go all the way back to week 13. Chase injured his what appeared to be his knee or his leg. And then he was jogging on the sideline during the game, eventually ended up coming back into the game and finishing. But then right after the game, there was a lot of speculation and people waiting in the locker room kind of seeing, hey, you know, are we going to get a chance to talk to Chase? And ultimately it never happened. What's I think it's interesting is this, is that we heard from Matt Eberflus on Monday as well as Wednesday, and then we heard from coordinators on Thursday, and not a single thing was really mentioned about the status of Chase Claypool regarding where he's at with the knee injury. And so the reality is that when you do not practice for two days, and then what happens is this, is that the coaching staff as well as the head coach does not say anything for multiple days. You could think that the injury is more serious than the Bears are willing to admit, but in terms of implications for Justin Fields, I mean, you're talking massive implications here, right? Because you go out in free agency and you sign Equinemia St. Brown and you were kind of banking on Byron Pringle to pick up the production of where you left off from 2021 in Kansas City. That really hasn't materialized. Again, Nikhil Harry's a guy that's had flashes but has never really been consistent enough. Vela Shown Jr. is a wide receiver that's still trying to figure out who he is in this offense. And so ultimately for the Bears, it's you look at the – wide receivers they have and it's fair to say they've got nobody right you're looking at a whole bunch of guys outside of Valus Jones Jr. who at some point next year are going to be backups or they might even end up being these veterans that end up on practice squads and then do play three to four games in a season and that's only because younger players ahead of them are out due to injuries or suspensions whatever the case may be but the reality is you know for the Bears Seeing Claypool go down is not the way that you want to finish off the 2022 season because when Mooney went down, it kind of gave the Bears a chance and Justin Fields a chance for Chase to step into the spotlight and him to kind of develop that chemistry needed with Fields. Unfortunately, that's just going to be something that will have to happen during the 2023 offseason. Yeah, we, we kind of knew that when the Claypool trade was made that this was a move that was geared towards next season more so than this season. Obviously, it can be difficult to get chemistry uh, with the wide receiver midseason, especially when he's trying to learn the playbook on the fly. So that was always one of those things where we kind of always knew that Claypool, if he was going to take off and work here, we probably weren't going to see it until next year. But like you said, I mean, these reps do matter near the end of the season for him to develop that rapport with Justin Fields and we have seen a little bit of development with that over the past few weeks where you know Claypool has you know gotten open and had you know a couple of made, made a couple of nice plays um, on some jump balls and, and things of that nature um, but it hasn't really been consistent yet and there have been some miscommunications here and there um, some plays where you know Claypool's come up short some plays where you know him and the quarterback are just a little bit off so all that stuff can be cleaned up over the last quarter of the season. And if Claypool is just not able to go for um, the last few weeks of the season, I mean, that's a huge bummer because he's supposed to be, you know, the bears are giving up a top 35 pick to bring him in at this point. And so he's going to be a huge part of this offense moving forward. At least he was invested in 
to be a huge part of this offense. So to not have that guy is certainly a it's a it's a bummer. And you look at some of the other options now for the Bears moving forward. I mean, Byron Pringle, their free agent signing is probably going to be the guy that's going to have to step up the most. Hasn't really done a lot this year, unfortunately. And a lot of that's been due to injury, but he's been healthy the last few weeks and just hasn't made a big impact. You know, Equinamus St. Brown, he's had his moments, but he's also, you know, shown why he was picked up for the veteran minimum. Um, Just, you know, a talented player, but just hasn't really put it all together as of yet throughout his NFL career. Um, I mean, we knew that going into it. He's ideally a wide receiver four, wide receiver five on, you know, a solid receiving core. And that, I mean, that's just who he is at this point. Um, you know, Vils Jones Jr., you know, when is he going to step up and, you know, be a weapon in this passing game? Other than gadget stuff, he really hasn't done a lot um, as wide receiver, actually. So, you know, can they get him a little bit more involved as the season winds down? I mean, those are some of the key things that we're going to see here because, you know, Vils Jones, he's another guy that the Bears invested a lot in uh, to be a key contributor for this offense moving forward. And the fact that he's done absolutely nothing so far this year, you know, certainly doesn't bode well for his future moving forward unless he can you know step up over these next few games now going towards the offensive line there are some injuries there as well it looks like Riley Reef, you know he was battling some injuries the last time we saw the Bears play against the Packers you know he went in and out um, with something I don't, I don't know what it was but it seems like he's all good to go um, Larry Borm is dealing with uh, with a knee injury injury I believe a knee issue um, he was, he did not play in the first practice this week, but he was limited in their last practice. Um, at least the last injury I saw injury report that I saw indicated as much. Um, but this also leads into our discussion, larger discussion around the offensive line, because again, we kind of know that with this offensive line, Braxton Jones, I think he's kind of held down the fort at left tackle. We know that Tevin Jenkins is their right guard of the future. Uh, white hair, that vet, a veteran present at left guard, and Sam Messifer is kind of your only option at center. But right tackle is an interesting position here for the Bears moving forward because the Bears do have options here. Obviously, Larry Borm got the start for the majority of the season, and then ever since he went down with a concussion uh, about a month or so ago, it's kind of been Riley Reef's job to lose, and you know he's played well there. But in our la- the last time we saw this team. You know, Alex Leatherwood did get some reps out there. Um, he had about 10 snaps against the Packers filling in for Riley Reef for a couple of series um, during the middle of that game. And, you know, I'll say this on Leatherwood, you know, he looked serviceable, certainly a step up than when we saw him play with the Raiders where he was a train wreck out there in, in uh, Las Vegas. Um, you know, again, only 10 snaps, a small sample size, but you definitely saw some some decent flashes from him as a player. And this kind of leads to the bigger discussion of this right tackle position because we know this is a big need going into the offseason. You know, what are the Bears going to do to address this? And are we approaching that time of the year where the Bears need to kind of get the veteran, Riley Reef, on the bench here and say, okay, let's see what Alex Leatherwood has and throw him out there at right tackle and see what happens? Um, you know, what do you think, you say? Do you think this is something that the Bears should be entertaining or do you think they should stick with the status quo of right now? Uh, with Riley Reef there as the veteran at right tackle for the time being. Well, I think absolutely the Bears need to go ahead and get Alex Leatherwood some meaningful reps over the last four games. And why? Listen, Riley Reef is in his mid 30s. He really doesn't have a future in the NFL. He's on his last leg. People sort of forget that Riley Reef was signed 
at the very start of training camp in 2021, just one or two days before the Bears officially reported. And why? Because the Bears needed some sort of legitimate veteran presence for, at the time, what was one of the youngest offensive lines in the NFL. There really wasn't a lot of experience. And you look at Alex Leatherwood, right? There's a lot to work with and a couple things to understand first off. Number one, the Raiders were an absolute dumpster fire, especially after the John Gruden scandal went down last year that led to Gruden getting fired. Essentially, it was very difficult for interim head coach Rich Bisaccia to kind of get the Raiders moving forward, moving in the right direction, and you know just have a stable locker room. Because the Gruden situation, I don't think people realize there were still major after effects of the situation, even after Gruden was gone, which again, led to Bisaccia getting fired and Josh McDaniels being hired in January to kind of work with Derek Carr. But the reality is, let's just call it how it is. The Raiders were not a very good football team last year, despite what their record may have said. Number two, Alex Leatherwood is easily one of the most intriguing players on the roster right now. Why? Because he's only 23, 24 years old. He's In his second season right now, that means you've got a couple more years of control regarding his rookie contract with the way that his contract's set up. That includes a fifth-year option. Add in the fact that the Bears don't have a right tackle of the future, right? So what do you do with a 23, 24-year-old former first-round pick, a guy that you and I were certainly higher on in the 2021 NFL draft. You add in the fact that he did play at the University of Alabama. It just makes the Bears offensive line a bit more expendable. And hey, listen, if Leatherwood, who again was sick the earlier part of the season, didn't really see any meaningful action until December 4th, if he can go out over the next four games and just show, hey, look, not only can I play, but I can be a starter, even if it means me competing for a job next offseason. It, I think, changes the trajectory of the Bears offensive line going into next year. Because then you have Jenkins and you have Leatherwood, two high picks anchoring the right side of the offensive line. And then that really leads you to figure out what to do at center and left guard. Because quite frankly, we don't know what Cody Whitehair's future is going to look like. Sam Mustafer and Lucas Patrick should not be back by any means. And I don't care what anybody says. Like the Bears gave Lucas Patrick a contract to see him start. And the only thing he's done pretty much is get injured and be on the bench the entire year. Braxton Jones is probably your left tackle of the future. But the reality is this, right? Is that you need to see what you have. And a former first-round pick who's only in his second season is not a bad gamble to roll the dice on, especially knowing that you're trying to, number one, build for the future, but number two, figure out how talented of a football player Alex Leatherwood really is. Sports betting continues to take over the sports world, and with fall right around the corner, there's going to be action from every major league sports league across the country on our own TVs. If you're like me, you're glued to the couch watching as many games as you can. Our friends at Oz Trader have got you covered with all the odds for each major sports book from around the web, all in one place just for you. 
As an added bonus, Odds Trader even compares the sign-up codes and promos so you get the best deal possible. When you're trying to find the best book, it's always best to have the best sign-up codes and promotions. Sometimes those even come with boosts, even additional money deposits. The app gives you a complete rundown on any game, including statistics, injuries, key game stats, game day weather, keeping you, the fan, as informed as possible. And sometimes if you're like us... You've got multiple bets going at once. Odd Trader will keep track of them all in one place for you. So what we want you guys to do is this. Head over to oddtrader.com slash bluewire. Once again, that's oddtrader.com slash bluewire, the number one website for all your game day bets. Yeah, I'll say this on another one. Um, you know, going back to my scout report on him, you know, definitely was a player that I thought was overdrafted um, in the 2021 NFL drafts. You know, the Raiders took him in the first round. I had him as a day two guy, and I remember distinctly watching him at the Super Bowl just get absolutely wrecked by the same move over and over again um, in one-on-one uh, pass rushing drills. And, I mean, that left me kind of with a sour taste in my mouth on him coming from, for coming back from my experience. So that might may have impacted the way that – I kind of viewed him as a prospect, but again, I did see him as a day two guy because he does have uh, some talent to work with here. And, you know, obviously you kind of said it like last year at the Raiders was an absolute train wreck. Um, just they did not have a good offensive line, a good situation for him to develop really. And they kind of threw him in the fire um, expecting him to be their starting right tackle from day one. And he just wasn't really ready to do that. They kicked him inside the guard. You know, he wasn't really a good fit there. And, yeah, as a result, you have as as a result of that the worst offensive lineman, at least graded by PFF, um, or one of the worst offensive line but graded by PFF in the NFL. Now it comes over here. I mean, again, there's a reason why the Raiders cut him in the first place. He obviously wasn't impressing the new regime either, uh, which says a lot because you know as a first round pick, when you, if you if you get cut in your second year, your team's eating a lot of dead money to kind of move on from you. So there's definitely an element of where I'm kind of still hesitant to throw Leatherwood out there because ultimately like the best thing for the, the bears is to do what's best for Justin Fields. And if, you know, if we feel, if you feel like that Riley Reef gives you the best option at right tackle so that Justin Fields has, you know, a better platform to work from and isn't getting killed in pass protection from the right side caving in all the time, then I'm all for that because ultimately the only thing that really matters this year, and you can still see what you have in Alex Leatherwood uh, in the off season um, you know, with his development and training camp and so on and so forth. And you can kind of see what he has going on there. But I mean, like you said, right tackle is a need for this team and there are going to be some right tackles available for the bears to sign a free agency. And certainly going to be some right tackles um, available for the bears in the draft that they may consider as well. So if you want to have a better idea of what you have in Leatherwood and, you know, in the event that he can be a long-term option for you, now's the time to kind of see whether he can be that guy. And it kind of puts, you know, your timelines of, you know, developing Justin Fields or doing what's, what's best for Justin Fields and doing what's best for Leatherwood. They're, they're kind of on different timelines in that in that aspect because I it's not necessarily a guarantee that what's best for Leatherwood in terms of, you know, going out there and letting him play is best for Justin Fields. But at the same time, again, if you're the Bears, you have 53 guys to evaluate on the roster, um, not just one guy. So it's a, definitely a balancing act. I'll say this: I like, I think there in no situation do I think the Bears should go, you know, kind of half in on this. Like if they're going to go with Alex Leatherwood and see what he has at right tackle, they have to go all in on this and have him be the starter moving forward. 
and just completely bench Riley Reef all the way, bench Larry Gorm all the way, and say, you know, we're not doing any rotations. You know, we're not going to be, you know, putting him in for one series in, one series out. You know, if we put him out there to start, we're not going to bench him immediately afterwards. Like, if we're going to start Alex Leatherwood, let's see what he has and give him that runway for the entire season. Now, there are things we can do to protect Alex Leatherwood in pass protection. Like, we can give him chip help and give him double team help, all that fun stuff. Uh, play action, you know, get him more involved in the run game. Um, you know, those are things that, you know, Luke Getsy has already done throughout the season, and they could probably do more of that to help out Leatherwood so he isn't getting exposed on an island. And ultimately, I mean, if they do go do go in that direction, like that's probably the best case scenario for um, him moving forward is to kind of ease him into it and let him naturally develop as a tackle. Um, now, could this all blow up in their face and he's not the guy and they still go into next season with uh, a huge need at right tackle? Perhaps. Like that's definitely a scenario that could come into play. But ultimately, I think where I'm ultimately at with the entire situation is we don't know what he is yet as a, as the right tackle moving forward, the right tackle of the future is definitely not in the roster. What say what you will about Larry Borum, you know, impressing for a fifth round pick. I don't think he's a long-term starter. He's probably better off as a swing tackle option for you. You said it earlier, Riley reef. He's not the long-term answer. He's getting up there in age you know, he's been fine this year, but you know, certainly not a guy you're going to, you know, build around long-term going into next year. You know, he's the definition of a veteran stopgap option. Um, and Leatherwood, we don't know. The last time we saw him play for the Bears was, you know, he was a mess. But with a new coaching staff, a new offense, a new system, a new, you know, location, and, you know, a fresh start, so to speak, you know, maybe some of that talent that he had going into the draft as a prospect can start to shine through here uh, in this new offense with the Bears here. So definitely a lot to consider there. And speaking of things to consider here, you know, we talked a lot about this offensive line being a huge need for the Bears going into the offseason. Really, I think we've talked about three key needs for the Bears in general uh, throughout this entire process, throughout the entire year, really. Offensive line, defensive line needing um, more talent, and wide receiver needing to you know be, be a premium position for this in terms of resources um, going into next offseason. You know, those are kind of the three big needs for the Bears uh, going into the end of this year and going into next year. But there are a lot of needs on this roster on other places in the roster. I think this is a good time before we get into our Bears-Eagles preview here to talk about some of those other needs. So I'll start with you, you said, um, looking at some of the needs across this roster, besides those three key, key areas there on the offensive line, defensive line, and at wide receiver, what do you think needs to be a position of emphasis going into next offseason for the Bears here? Well, it's a bit polarizing, right? Because I think that the easy answer for a lot of people is naturally going to be something such as linebacker, right? Well, how about something else? Let's go ahead and let's say the Bears need some legitimate tight end depth. Listen, Cole Komet has finally and seemingly hit his stride, which has been really encouraging to see. But the Bears really don't have much outside of Cole Komet, right? And again, I still believe as good as Cole's been this season, he is developing into that security blanket for Justin Fields. But even a guy like him, what's holding him back from being one of the top tight ends in the league in that George Kittle-Travis Kelsey conversation is the lack of breakaway speed and – just the inability to 
be an incredibly effective route runner because a lot of times I think when we've watched Justin Fields this year, the reality is that, you know, some of the passes from Fields have kind of just been these like throw it up and let's go get it Cole Komet type passes. But the reality is this, right? Some tight end depth would be great. And there's a couple options in the 2023 NFL draft. One guy I really like is Sam Laporta from Iowa, expected to be a round three or round four pick another intriguing option. And this would kind of be over drafting a tight end would be Georgia's very own Darnell Washington, who I think is a much better prospect than Cole ever was coming out of Notre Dame. And so the bears do have their options when it comes to tight end, but just seeing someone other than James O'Shaughnessy or Ryan Griffin or Trayvon Wesco getting those reps and having another solid pass catching option. I think the advantage of that is this, when you have a second big body target, you're pretty much forcing defenses to say, Hey, pick your poison. You can bring your safety up and have your safety defend the other tight end, have your linebacker defend the other tight end too. So when you've got a safety and backer defending the two tight end sets that you're running. Well, what does that do? It opens up a guy like a Darnell Mooney or a Chase Claypool for a deep shot. So bringing in another big body tight end would actually play to Justin Fields' strengths. And I firmly believe that's what the Bears have to do this offseason to continue to elevate and build around Fields. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and I don't want uh, this to be a bash cool comment podcast as much as it already has been because I've certainly gone on record that I've not been the biggest Cole Komet guy uh, going, you know, before he was drafted at Notre Dame and when he was drafted with the Bears and whatnot. But like you said, like, I think he's started to kind of maximize his talent and, and start. he's starting to approach his ceiling as a player, which is a solid starting tight end. You know, he's a good inline blocker. and He, he provides a lot of value for them in the run game with his ability to get on the move and block. Um, and he's a willing blocker as well. Um, and then as a receiver, you know, you definitely see, you know, the, you know, the reliable hands, um, you know, good straight line speed. You know, he's not like a burner or anything, but se- there's certainly good straight line speed um, when working in, you know, on crossing routes and going into the flat and stuff where he doesn't really have to change direction. But that, that also leads to kind of the biggest weakness for Cole Komet as players that, you know, he's just a very stiff, I think, player at that tight end position. He's not a guy that changes direction very well. He's not a guy that's going to run, you know, magnificent routes or anything like that. You know, against man coverage, I still think he's, you know, he, he's still not the greatest, you know, 
receiver in that regard. You know, he's not going to create his own separation at will. He's not going to moss too many guys. Like he's a guy that I think benefits a lot from this tight end friendly offense, which is, it is a tight end friendly offense. Like there's a reason Robert Tunyon had like 13 touchdowns one year in this, you know, very identical scheme. Um, it's because this, this offense does a really good job of scheming these guys up to get them open. Um, and, you know, we saw that. I mean, we've seen that a bunch of times this year with Cole Matt. A lot of his production this year is stuff that's been schemed open for him, not and not necessarily him, you know, creating, you know, calling his own number and, you know, creating separation on his own, um, beating one-on-one coverage and all that stuff. But, I mean, he's still – there's still a, a lot of value in a guy like Cole Komet. So, certainly, you know, definitely not going to, like, dog him for, you know, be, not being what he isn't, if that makes sense. But like you said, I mean, this offense, it is – very reliant on the tight end position. So if they are going to invest in another tight end to kind of pair with Cole Komet and have kind of that one-two punch there, which I think could be very effective for them, this is a good offseason to do it because there is a lot of talent at the tight end position uh, going into Zossi. I mean, look at the free agent market. Um, You know, some of the big names that are going to be available for the Bears in free agency, and and the Bears are going to have money to spend in free agency. That that should be noted. Uh, I talked about Robert, Robert Tunyon. He has experience in this offense. He's going to be available. But Evan Ingram finally had his breakout year in Jacksonville. He's going to be a free agent this offseason. Dalton Schultz, he's been an effective player for the Cowboys throughout his career, um, especially over the last few seasons. You know, Aiden Her- Hayden Hurst, you know, a veteran tight end who's had some solid years. Mike Kosecki, you know, tight end for the Dolphins. Um, Austin Hooper, uh, who's, you know, been a solid player in this league for a long time. Uh, in, in, and then – kind of a smaller name to kind of keep an eye on as well is Irv Smith Jr. from the Vikings, you know, who's been one of those guys who has been on the cusp of a breakout for a while, but injuries and, you know, inconsistent plays kind of held him back. He's dealing with an injury for the remainder of the season. That's why the Lions uh, traded for TJ Hawkinson. Um, because one, he's an upgrade over Irv Smith, but two, because Irv Smith's going to be down for the, is down for the year. So, you know, there are some guys, intriguing options for you and see that the Bears could explore here. Some guys that have different skill sets than Cole Komet. Um, and certainly in the draft, like you mentioned, like there's some options in the draft as well. I think, you know, Michael Maher, I'm not sure if he's the guy that the Bears would draft high necessarily, um, because I don't think it'd be wise to spend the first or second round pick on a tight end. Um you know, but he's probably the best tight end prospect in this draft class out of Notre Dame. So it'd be kind of funny if they got two Notre Dame tight ends kind of pair with each other. Um, ultimately, like if they're going to go out there and spend resources on another tight end, I'd like to see them ideally get a guy who has more of a of an explosive element in the passing game, a guy who's more of that natural receiver than Cole Komet is. Um, just so you have a different skill set there, because Cole Komet can do all the dirty work, all the inline stuff, and be that you know, security blanket for Justin Fields, like you said, but, you know, you need someone with some more dynamic game-breaking ability than Cole Komet, I think, long-term, just to have that option in your passing game. And, you know, like you said, having two tight ends on the field at the same time can do a lot to open up your offense, especially this type of offense, which definitely relies on the ground game quite a bit. Uh, For me, when I look at some needs, I think needs to be addressed. I think you kind of said, like, linebacker is definitely going to be a big need for this team going to the offseason like they're going into next offseason with I think Jack Sanborn like the only viable player at the linebacker spot um, on the roster and Sanborn like I mean he's played well over the last few weeks but I'm not going to pretend as if he's you know going to be some game-changing player for this defense moving forward like I think he's kind of shown that he can play and he can be a contributor for this defense whether he's you know one of your top two linebackers on the roster long term I'm, I'm not quite sold on that yet 
Um, I guess we'll just have to see how he does to end the year. Um, but linebackers certainly going to be a need. There's a lot of talented linebackers um, in this upcoming free agency class. I look at, you know, uh, he was this old guy from the Colts, Bobby Okariki. Uh, he's going to be an option. Uh, Quincy Williams from the Jets. He's had a, a you know a breakout season for them. He's been very good. Um, some other guys on here that I really like, like Leighton Vanderesh, David Long Jr. from the Titans. He's been awesome this year. Jermaine Edmonds. He's a big name. Um, so there are a lot of options. Jermaine Pratt. Like I can go down the list here. <laughs> you know, if they want to go that option again, like Roquan Smith's technically available, I guess at linebacker, so they could go that route if they wanted to. Um, but you know, I'll go another direction here because you know. I do think the back end of the defense does need to get solidified a little bit more. And cornerback is definitely a, a need, I think, for this team because, you know, you can never have too many corners. But um, especially when you look at, you know, this defense right now, like Jalen Johnson, he's going into the final year of his rookie contract. I'm not sure if this regime sees him as a long term piece for this defense moving forward. Like, he, he's a good player, but I'm not sure if he's shown enough to where he's going to be worthy of, of a big time extension moving forward is kind of where I think he's at uh, with this regime. They drafted Kyler Gordon to be their slot corner long-term, you know, he's been pretty rough as a rookie, but you still have to give him some time to see what he can do outside of that though. Like there is not a ton of talent in this cornerback room and, you know, it's going to be a position where they should look to improve upon going into the off season as well. I mean, they can improve everywhere, you know, pretty much, but, you know, cornerback, I think is one where they can find some guys. I think that can be pretty solid for them. You know, it, this, it's kind of tough because free agency, there's not a ton of great corners. Like James Bradbury is probably the best cornerback that's going to be available for them in free agency, but he's a little bit on the older side, you know, 30 years old. You got Jamel Dean from the Buccaneers, who's going to be uh, a free agent here. Uh, Sean Murphy button bunting from the Buccaneers. So two, uh, corners right there that have had a lot of success in this league um, from a Super Bowl winning defense. Uh, Marcus Peters, another veteran, going to be 30 years old that you could invest in. Um, you know, I, I look at Rocky Sin, could be an option because he played with Iberflus in Indianapolis. Um, he's a cornerback for the Raiders. You know, he's a solid player, good scheme fit for what they want to do here um, with this defense. So those are some options, but I think if they're going to address cornerback, like the draft is probably the way to go as well. You know, let Iberflus bring these young guys in and develop them. I think that's probably the best way to develop these guys moving forward. I mean, do they consider a guy like Gonzalez from Oregon? You know, he could be an option like, uh, you know, late in the first round, early in the second round, if they want to trade up. I'm, I'm not saying that it would be wise, but I mean, that could be certainly a player that they look to target. Um, I'm just spitballing here on some names here, but cornerback I think is going to be an underrated need for this defense because, you know, the pass rush and, and coverage units kind of work off of each other. And, you know, we talked about how this pass rush has been kind of, it's been straight up pathetic, you know, over the last couple of months or so, really throughout the entire season. And that's put a lot of stress on the secondary, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the secondary is any good. I and mean, they still need some more talent to add to this unit. And if they do so, I mean, you could look at, you could be looking at a pretty talented secondary that's mostly young uh, moving forward here if they address it properly. So without further ado, let's get to our final segment here and break down this Bears-Eagles game. Um, before we get into our predictions here, you said, what are some of the main storylines for you going into this one? Yeah, you know, I think that when we look at um, this week 15 game, right, there's 
so much that goes into it because you have the Eagles who I believe are really a poster model for how the Bears should go about building around Justin Fields over the next couple of years. One of the major things that sticks out to me regarding the Eagles is this, is that they've got the best passing attack in the NFL, right? And that's something that's going to happen when you have two blue chip wide receivers in Devontae Smith, as well as AJ Brown. The reality of it is this, is that you take Smith in the first round of the 2021 draft in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft. Well, you pretty much went ahead and signed and traded for AJ Brown from the Tennessee Titans. Cause you had an additional first round pick. And so, you know, speaking of Brown and Smith, those are going to be big things. That's basically a matchup. That's a nightmare for the Bears secondary, but it's also a really good test to see where exactly are these younger guys like a Johnson Gordon and Brisker really at when it comes to going up against them now for Chicago, you know, in a game like this, the game's going to be won and lost in the trenches. And unfortunately the bears just are going to be overpowered on both sides of the football. The Eagles have the best offensive or one of the best offensive and defensive lines in the NFL. And so the reality is this is, you know, I think the Bears end up losing this game something like 33 to 14 simply because the Eagles are going to be proved to be too much. I know people have kind of said the Bears have never really been fully blown out by Justin Fields. I mean, the Bears have kept it close, but then when the opportunity is there to strike, the Bears have not struck in any manner. And and so it's going to be another one of those games where Philly's just really going to overpower the Bears. And, you know, the Bears are looking at 3-11 and at this point. Yeah, I think the big struggle for me going to this game is that the Eagles have kind of provided a blueprint, I think, for how the Bears should build this team moving forward. And, you know, I look at the, the Eagles and what they've done. Like, obviously, they've always done a gr- great job of investing in the trenches, like, Year after year after year, there is no team in the NFL that spends more resources on their offensive line and defensive line than the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, every single year they spend high draft picks on these guys. They invest money in these guys. Um, You know, they, you know, they do day three projects, you know, multiple picks on these guys late in these drafts to kind of bring them in and develop them and get the most out of them. Um, You know, veterans on both sides of the ball and youth on both sides of the ball. You know, that's kind of the main thing that you want to see from this Bears team moving forward is to consistently have that presence up front um, to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage. And that's something the Eagles have done for years now with Howie Roseman, the GM. Um, And it's something that the Bears should look to kind of emphasize a little bit in their own team building approach. But another thing to kind of emphasize is the investment in wide receiver. I mean, you talked about it already. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, that's one of the best wide receiver duos in all of football you know, they even have, you know, a great tight end in Dallas Goddard as well. Um, and some other options like Quez Watkins is one of my my guys um, at wide receiver for them. You know, a, a deep threat kind of specialist for uh, that Eagles offense and, you know, certainly adds a lot to that unit. So, and what has that done for this Eagles team? It has allowed them to build the perfect kind of environment for a guy like Jalen Hurts to develop in and get better in. And Jalen Hurts, I mean, he's absolutely flourished this year. He's looked like one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL after, you know, the first two years, you know, certainly had his rough spots as a player, but now he's looking like a franchise quarterback. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, I'm not going to say he's not a similar player in Justin Fields in the sense that, again, they're similar in the sense that they're both, you know, really talented passers who just 
break defenses with their run, rushing ability. But Justin Fields, I mean, he has a little bit more of that extra juice, I'd say, both as a passer and a, as a runner. But I, the blueprint is kind of there for how to develop Justin Fields as a passer. You know, get this guy in good offensive line, get this guy good weapons to throw to, and he will eventually develop and come to his own as a passer to go along with his gifts as a runner. So that's kind of the big storyline for me is kind of seeing, you know, where the Bears could be at one or two years down the road in the future from a roster standpoint, like the Eagles had provided the blueprint. Now can the bears go out there and execute on that in future off seasons. But um, for this game itself, I think, you know, the big storyline for me in terms of just looking at it from a micro perspective is, you know, I talked about it earlier, like the Eagles have such a huge advantage in the trenches in this one. Like it's not even, it's not even fair. Uh, both sides of the ball, like the, the Eagles have the deepest defensive line in the NFL, and that's going to give this offensive line for the Bears fits um, for the most part, both in the run game and in the passing game. Uh, Javon Hargraves is a game record for them this season. They have a ton of depth. Uh, Brandon Graham is playing as good as ever. Uh, Fletcher Cox, he's still contributing, still going strong. They got Jordan Davis back healthy, uh, their first-round pick. You know, they got veterans like Dom Sue contributing. Um, just a ton of a ton of talent on that defensive line. I haven't even mentioned guys like uh, – his names i think josh sweat who's had a breakout year for them over the last couple of years he's been really good at defensive end for them so the, the names go on and on and on then the offensive line we know the eagles have probably the best offensive line in football um as well so i mean that's a huge disadvantage for this bears defensive line which is probably the worst in the nfl so um i, I think it's going to be that's going to be something that's kind of going to determine this game and speaking of that let's get to our predictions here you said uh what's your score prediction for this one and then who's going to be your uh, x factor Yeah, score prediction for this one, I kind of alluded to earlier, but I think the Bears are going to end up losing 33-14. to 14. They're going to get overpowered by the Eagles in every aspect. I think the X factor is going to be the secondary for me, right? Can that secondary hold up against one of the best passing attacks in the NFL? And then more importantly, can you figure out a way to neutralize Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I think this will be kind of a not not really a competitive one either. I have the Bears losing forty to twenty four to the Eagles here. Like I don't think this Bears defense can stop the Eagles offense the way they're rolling right now. Um, and I think the Bears they should be able to put up some points in this Eagles defense that you know hasn't quite been a great unit this year. Like they have a ton of talent, they get a lot of turnovers, um, but there are some weaknesses in this defense that the Bears can exploit. I think it's going to be tough. But I think Justin Fields kind of drags in the 24 points. But at the end of the day, that pass rush is just going to overwhelm them, I think, as they try to you know keep pace with this Eagles offense late in the game. And that's going to that's going to be the determining factor here. As far as my X factor goes, um, it's kind of tough to say. Boy, on the one player, I'll say that uh, the, the defensive line is going to be the X factor. Like if the Bears' defensive line can you know hold their own just a little bit, they may have a chance in this one. But if they get absolutely dominant, like I think they will, like the Bears just they don't have any chance because if if they can't get a pass rush, if they can't stop the run, the Eagles are not only going to run all over them, but Jalen Hurts is going to have all day to throw. And if he gets all day to throw, he's going to pick this secondary apart with those weapons that they have. So uh, defensive line needs to have a good game this one. If they don't, it's going to be a pretty long outing for uh, the Bears on Sunday here. Um, and with that, that's going to wrap it up for us here at the Picks for Polls podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and subscribe uh, to the Bear Report 
podcast, Picture Polls podcast on Blue Wire. Um, any support that you guys give is much appreciated. Uh, and make sure to give us a follow on social media as well. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Bear Report. And you can follow uh, Picture Polls on Twitter at Picture Polls as well. Make sure to give us a follow there. Uh, you say, where can our listeners find you on social media and find your work as well? Yeah, guys, you can find me on social media at Usaid Koshal and check out my work on the uh, Bear Report as well. Yep. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at AJFreeman25. You can find my work on the Bear Report as well. Make sure to keep an eye out for uh, more of my Trek in the Trenches series on the Bear Report. Um, always love diving into the offensive line, defensive line play. Make sure to check out the Bear Report on YouTube as well. Make sure to uh, subscribe there um, and give us a like on our videos. Um, like I said before, any support you guys give to us on different channels is always appreciated, especially on YouTube. Uh, if you want to check out my film breakdown on Justin Fields, you can go out there on our YouTube channel and check that out as well. Um, but with that said, uh, the Bears coming back from the bye week, got a big game here against the Eagles as we kind of enter the final stretch of this season. And hopefully we get an exciting game of football on Sunday uh, to boot as well with the holidays just around the corner. So with that said, have a fun and safe weekend, everybody. Bear down. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.